Whistleblower Report, exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome. I'm Major Mike Gary, your host for today's Whistleblower Report, and this is another military segment. And I have um, with me today uh, Private First Class Derek Wynn. Uh, Derek was on uh, approximately three months ago or so, back end of January into early February timeframe. So this is going to be a good show because we're going to do a recap of what's happened since the rescission. So you should find this very interesting and see what's actually going on in the, on the ground in the military as it relates to the forced mandates. Okay, so first I want to thank our Truth for Health Foundation donors that have helped the legal recipients with your funds. As I've spoken before, you guys have helped tremendously in some of these legal battles that we've pursued uh, over the course of the last couple of years, and we thank you very much and continue to do that. Uh, right out of the gate here, I want to make sure that we are covered. Both uh, Private First Class Win and myself are speaking for ourselves only. We are not representatives of the Department of Defense. We speak freely with our own opinions and our own thoughts on this show today. So, uh, it's interesting how uh, this second program with PFC Derek Wynn came to be. I heard uh, 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 PFC Wynn on a Liberty Council call. And for those of you who know, Liberty Council has defended many uh, military folks over the last year, year and a half with uh, legal battles with religious exemption packets. And, uh, and they've done a, they did a really good job. Uh, the only thing is, is now that the rescission has happened, everybody believes that all of us military personnel were magically taken care of. And that's just not the case. I mean, you, there's example after example how there's still retribution, retaliation, and for a lot, their careers ended. And that's what PFC Wynn finds himself in. But uh, when I was on that call, uh, PFC Win is definitely a fighter, a true fighter for American rights and freedom, because what he asked of the Liberty Council lawyer was, is there going to be any follow on lawsuits uh, for not giving the FDA approved product for only administering an emergency use authorization product to the force? And uh, after the conference call ended, I made sure that I reached out to uh, PFC Win. And so we could do a follow on show because I could see he's pursuing the same battle I am. And that battle is they never made the FDA approved product. 
So uh, something that should have gone through rigorous trials and testing and then confirmation was never done, never administered. So instead, we get this product that was rushed through uh, that didn't meet good manufacturing practices and uh, didn't have to comply uh, with the FDA approved laws. And that essentially is the bait and switch that has gone on here. And uh, it's been destructive. For those of you out there, the military uh, members are suffering severely from this. And we do we recognize that you understand the woke agenda is coming upon us fast, but the bonds of trust have been broken inside the military uh, with with all of us that have been harmed in some way for standing up against an un, you know an unapproved product or for our religious exemptions. And uh, during this period, uh, the chain of command is not going to go back and admit they were wrong. So they're gonna they're gonna find every way of out of trying to fix us, and that's what we have here today. Uh, PFC Win is gonna highlight the fact that he is a young man and he's still suffering uh, from all these uh, actions that were taken against him, and they're just following him, and it's very heartbreaking. But it's also very um, sad to see that this is after the rescission. The Congress actually had to get involved and fix the problem, which was a partial fix at, at best, and uh, in which makes all the American people think that we're fixed. That's not the case here. And uh, Congress actually needs to act again and put something into uh, legislation that actually goes back, has correction boards, and fixes every single one of us. Because technically, a rescission is supposed to bring everybody back to the time before uh, the agreement or the agreement that they annulled, uh, which would be for us in the military, 24 August uh, 2021 is when the Secretary of Defense mandated an FDA-approved product. It's right in his memo, FDA-approved product. So it would bring us all back to before that date, which would set us all right. So anyway, that's just what we're going to get into today with PFC Win. Uh, he's definitely a seasoned young man. Uh, he's fighting hard. And what I would like to do very quickly is I'd like to have a PFC win or Derek. I'm going to call him Derek from here on out. Update us with his current battle and what he's doing and what initiatives he has going. But before that, I want him to remind you who he is. We're going to take five to ten minutes to uh, for Derek to remind you uh, of his story. And then we will go on to the current things. So, Derek, uh, if you don't mind, would you remind the audience for a few minutes of uh, the the uh, the hard story or the hard uh, initiatives that were taken against you when you stood up for your constitutional rights? Certainly. Uh, so initially, um, I was a hard refusal against the, the EUA products. Um, they, they never really offered the FDA approved products. A lot of dudes took the, the religious exemption route, but for me, I was kind of, uh, just a hard refusal off of principle. Um, initially I put a pretty big target on my back, um, until I was able to kind of articulate to my leadership that, uh, you know, I had a, a solid argument for my case. And once I presented that to them, their tone kind of changed and they kind of actually started supporting me 
uh, as much as they were allowed to, you know, without risking their jobs. Um, after about a year, a year long process, uh, I was eventually, you know, uh, involuntarily discharged. Uh, during that process, you know, we we were threatened with uh, dishonorables and, and uh, you know, we they tried to use a bunch of coercion tactics to basically get us to fold. Um, and, and during that process, you know, um, it was mandated that we were to receive either a general or honorable discharge at the very least. Um, I was given an opportunity to appeal that discharge status. And, you know, I presented character statements from every member of my leadership. Um, I stated, stated my case for why I refused stating that, you know, had an FDA approved vaccine been offered to me, you know, my, I wouldn't have any ground to stand on. So it's kind of their obligation to fulfill their half of this mandate, which they were never able to do. But instead of, you know, focusing on that, they would much rather just push me out and, uh, you know, get rid of me. Uh, so afterwards, um, of course it was, it was, Congress, you know, told everybody, oh, these soldiers can just uh, just apply to have their discharge status upgraded, like as if it would be no big deal. Well, I did that the, pretty much the day after I got out. I, uh, I was slapped with a general discharge. And uh, the day after I got out, I, I applied to have it upgraded. And eight, nine months later, after hearing nothing, I uh, reached out to my congressman. And, and had him do a congressional inquiry on my behalf to, to see what the holdup was. And um, the response that they, were, they received was that it would be due to the, the amount and the uh, complexity of all of these cases, that it would be at least 24 months before my case would even be looked at. So the response from my congressman was, well, we've done everything we can do for you. Let us know if you don't hear anything in 24 months. And, you know, this discharge status, you know, it may not be, it doesn't really mean much to me, you know, in my heart, because I know, you know, who I am and how I served and, and the people I served with know that as well. So, um, you know, that honestly doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean much to me, but the administrative and, and all the, the ways that this discharge status affects our lives, it, it ripples outwards in a way that's almost impossible to quantify. And uh, yeah, it's been a pretty rough struggle for the last, you know, almost a year, just trying to get, you know, access to the education benefits that I've earned or, you know, other, other things like that, that necessarily you don't really think of right off the bat, but an honorable, an honorable discharge status or even time in service drastically affects certain, you know, certain benefits that you're allotted and, uh, or even, you know, guys that have retirements and stuff like that. Like I'm only two years, I was only two years in the game and there were guys that, you know, had much more on the line and much more wrapped up in this. And, you know, they've got kids that they want to take to college and pay for school and stuff like that, that they can't do now until, until this is wrapped up. And it, it's kind of an open aired secret. Everybody knows we were wronged. Everybody knows that, you know, laws were broken, but uh, they're all kind of just relying on us to just wait for the courts to admit it. And, you know, that's all well and, you know, fine and well, hopefully that happens, but there's people, there's, there's people literally drowning out here uh, 
you know, in the meantime. Yeah. So thank you for that uh, reminder. But uh, a couple of things that I noticed that you said. So the way you're characterized when you discharged, and maybe we'll have you explain that uh, a little more here, but uh, definitely affects your benefits going forward. It definitely affects if anybody's going to employ you after, uh, because uh, if people see that you had something like, say, misconduct or insubordination, uh, this becomes a problem for when you try to get employment after in the civilian world, because they look at that kind of thing. So, Oh, yeah, that's already happened to me a few times. We get to the job interview portion where, you know, I, I present my DD-214 and, and they see my time in service as, you know, two years. And they, have, you know, ask me why, why I got out early. That opens me up to a conversation about COVID that, you know, it's a 50-50 roll of the dice as to how the employer is going to feel on it. Uh, you know, or or even the fact that my DD-214 says uh, under the reason why I was kicked out, it says violation of a serious offense. You know, I sound like a criminal just by showing someone that piece of paper. Well, see, there you have it right there uh, for the listeners out there. This thing is uh, we're going to talk about the hypocrisy uh, in relation to other um, events or other, you know, crimes or other uh things that could be committed this thing is was taken like we were extreme offenders and so therefore we're still suffering and congress is going to have to act because the military obviously can't fix itself in this situation it's it was too complicit in violating uh in by that i mean you know administering the wrong product and going along with it and in recent history, this has been done once before back in the anthrax shot days, you know, this is uh Gulf war syndrome. And then, uh, you know, this was battled out to the Supreme court and precedence was set that you can't force people into emergency use authorization products. So uh, the thing is, is we're, we're the ones who follow the law here on this and we're the ones being punished. And it's going to take, it, this is looking like a five-year fix if people don't get their act together. Yes, there's a rescission, and that helped, uh, like like Derek said, that helped point out that it's like an open secret. They know they've wronged us. And it's even funny that in the whole, uh, you know, around medical, military medical people, they admit fully that there was only EUA products administered, at least where I'm from. Uh, so it's kind of funny how this is well known now. Uh, it's it's right in your face. It's the elephant in the room. But lately, we've been seeing uh, some hope as some court cases, which we're going to talk about after the break. Uh, but before we go into the, the break, I want uh, Derek to kind of uh, remind us of his uh, characterization of how he was discharged, how that has hurt him a little more detail. And then, Derek, if you could, could you tell us some of your recent efforts that you made? Because you are a genuine fighter and in this military spirit, and uh, you are trying to make this thing right, not only for you, but for others. And uh, I don't believe your efforts are going to go in vain. So, Derek, go ahead and address those. Yeah, certainly. Uh, for the last for the last 11 months, you know, I've been reaching out to, to every elected official that I could think of. Honestly, um, my uh, my congressman is Brian Davin. 
um, and my senators, Ted Cruz, reached out to their office for months, uh, really didn't get any response until I started showing up at their office or, you know, calling them three, four times a day, leaving messages. And um, the, the first thing that they would all say to me is, are you trying to get your discharge status upgraded? And are you trying to go back? And to me, that was kind of a loaded question because there's still so many things like, yeah, I would love to go back. I would love to go, you know, my goal was to, you know, retire through this organization, but, you know, I'm not going to serve an organization that's willing to, you know, throw its, throw its lower enlisted under the bus or, you know, you know, do these things that they've done, you know, so it's going to take a lot of them, you know, coming out and admitting these things before I, or, or, you know, thousands of other potential soldiers think about serving, you know, an organization like, you know, the, the United States military. again, And they've undone, you know, hundreds of years of trust that, you know, it's, it's going to be pretty, pretty hard to, to undo that without some, some radical, you know, looking in the mirror and, and holding themselves accountable. Um, and that, that's going to, you know, kind of dictate the, the future of our, of our country. But, um, I get in contact with um, with my, you know, my congressman. My congressman says, "Oh, the best we can do is this congressional inquiry on your behalf. We don't have any power to to hold people accountable or write laws or anything like that. You might want to talk to Ted Cruz." Okay, so I talked to Ted Cruz's office. Ted Cruz's office uh, put me in contact with uh, their head uh, military legislative assistant. And uh, we, we spoke back and forth pretty consistently. Um, you know, he was, he was pretending to advocate on my behalf. And the very minute that I mentioned the fact that an FDA-approved vaccine was never provided to us, and I asked him why, when Ted Cruz had the opportunity to question the leaders of the DOD under oath in front of the American people, um, why this was never brought up. You know, I asked, was it was it missed by your by your legal team or was it intentionally, you know, ignored? And from that moment on, radio silence, he went completely black. So I uh, I figured maybe he was just busy, you know, gave him the benefit of the doubt. So waited a few days, reached out to his office, you know, Ted Cruz's office again, said, hey, you know, I've been in contact with this guy and uh, I don't know, maybe he's just not getting my messages or whatever. Could you maybe forward them uh, and have him call me? He never reached back out. So then I start realizing that maybe this guy's, you know, avoiding me. So I call Ted Cruz's local office here and I try to schedule a meeting face to face because I'm starting to realize that all these people are just kind of passing me around. You know, they're telling me, oh, we'll forward the message and the message never gets forward. I never get a response. And after months of this, it becomes pretty frustrating. So I schedule a face-to-face meeting with them. And uh, again, I mention over the phone, you know, what my goal is uh, for this meeting. And it's to try to ask the Armed Services Committee to bring up the fact that we never were offered an FDA-approved vaccine and kind of just even touch, maybe I'm missing something, you know, just bring it to light and have the conversation had. and, And maybe you can clear up something that I'm missing. Uh, and the same thing happened again, um, about 45 minutes, maybe an hour after I scheduled this in-person meeting with, uh, 
a secretary from the office. I get a phone call from that same secretary telling me that our meeting had been canceled and that their office had done everything for me that they can do for me to not bother coming in. And it seemed like she had maybe spoken to someone else who said that a face-to-face meeting was not in their best interests or something like that. Um, so yeah, our meeting was canceled. And uh, then I started to see uh, the fact that my only, they start to tell me my only, you know, re- reach out to the armed services committee and uh, they're the ones who are supposed to, you know, hold, hold them accountable. You know, that's, that's your only recourse. Well, the chair of the armed services committee is one of these, is, is like a strong advocate for Operation Warp Speed 2.0. So my only course of action at the end of this rabbit hole is a, is a person who is, <laughs> is advocating for how well Operation Warp Speed went. And, and we need to reinstate Operation Warp Speed as soon as possible so that we can get on top of the next round of COVID. Like they're already planning their AARs and they're, they're just, if we don't hold their feet to the flame on this, they're going to do an AAR and they're going to come back in a couple of years. Correct. And no one's going to be able to hold out because they're going to dot all their T's and cross all their I's and, and fix all the mistakes that they made during this implication or implementation. And uh, so I've just been, I've just been frantically reaching out to, to everyone that I can with any type of letterhead whatsoever to get them to speak on my behalf, to bring light to the fact that, because the average American doesn't even know the like minutiae difference between FDA and EUA authorized products. And then they definitely don't understand the minutiae. They tried some linguistic judo by, you know, by using the term interchangeable and saying that these vaccines were interchangeable with one another, you know, medically they may be because you can use one in succession to one another, but legally they're different products, you know, and, and those products were never offered to us. And it's hard for me to believe that Ted Cruz's legal office is, you know, that incompetent to miss that legal distinction and never bring it up. Uh, it, it starts to paint a picture of like the people they're the ones you know playing running running defense for these people you know the proposed americans act that's supposedly supposed to mandate that all of us get our discharge statuses upgraded um to to honorable and stuff like that it, it's it's shrouded and you know it's it's a carrot on the stick but the language of the of the act itself unless i'm reading it incorrectly directly changes the wording surrounding the legality of the mandate itself. You know, it changes the wording from failure to failure to comply or failure to receive a, a failure to comply with a lawful order to receive uh, a COVID-19 vaccine. Well, they're changing the wording to failure to receive a COVID-19 vaccine. And that to me, I don't see any other reason for doing that other than to run defense for them and and, and cover up the fact that they were pushing this as a lawful order to begin with. So I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not even really a super smart dude. You know, I signed up to, to be a grunt and, and 
to do to do that type of stuff. You know, I I didn't anticipate that two years into my military career, I would have to you know teach my leadership how to read basic, you know, basic stuff. And you know, I, I don't know. I didn't anticipate all this. I didn't sign up for all this, but this is the fight I'm fighting now. And uh, well, know, Derek, yes. Derek, you highlight very uh, eloquently and uh, and definitely highlight the uh, fighting spirit of the American soldier to uh, do what is right, to selflessly do what is right. And in this case, uh, you, you like you said, you read and discovered there was no FDA approved product and you simply made your chain of command aware of this, like so many others had. And you brought this to their their attention like a good subordinate should to keep them out of trouble. And uh, that's in keeping with all the army values, the warrior ethos and all those things that we hold dear, right? Well, you've actually highlighted it very well in what you've done recently. So I just want to really point out the integrity you have, Derek. And, uh, you know, eventually this is going to come around it is sad to see that so many people don't want to look at it. And that's what we're dealing with. A lot of people don't want to look at the truth right now in this, on this subject. But when we get back after the break, we're going to talk about this a little more in a little more detail on uh, uh, some current developments that are going on, which I think people in general are aware of, or at least 60% of the population. And uh, we'll go, you know, especially in, relation to what Derek's been trying to pursue, uh, there is some good news out there. So we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we'll discuss more of these uh, in life current events. But before we go to break, I want to I want you guys to go to the website, www.truthforhealth.org, and check out our resources, our COVID treatment guides, our COVID vaccine injury treatment guides, and also check out our faith over fear seminars. We also got a medicine and ministry uh, that I run with Dr. Vliet, and uh, we're starting to build up a good coalition of uh, American patriot Christians that are willing to actually get involved and get their hands dirty and actually do something. So once you go to our website, check those things out. You can find that again at www.truthforhealth.org. And we'll be back right after the break. This message is from the Truth for Health Foundation. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Sigloff, a family medicine physician and a major in the U.S. Army. The following are only my opinions. Service members are being coerced to participate in medical experimentation, with over 7,500 service members being discharged for refusing to participate. Many of them have lost their retirement and medical benefits. There are allegations that the DOD is committing medical fraud, violating the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and violating the constitutional rights of service members. Strong men and women stand ready to defend so that you can sleep peacefully through the night. Now we must stand watch over the military so they can sleep peacefully through the night. Please get involved to help protect the military. This message brought to you by the Truth for Health Foundation. For more information, please visit truthforhealth.org. That is truthforhealth.org. Truth, the word for, health.org. Welcome back to the second half of our whistleblower report. This is our military segment, and we've got PFC Derek Wynn. I'm going to go by Derek from from here on out. 
Uh, he has put forth a honest and true fight in supporting the American Constitution and our basic rights. Uh, so we're going to, what we're going to do here is I want to point out to Derek, I'm not sure if he's tracking this, but there is a current lawsuit. It's called Watts, Estate of George Watts Jr. versus Lloyd Austin uh, as the official capacity secretary of defense of the Department of Defense. Okay. And in that, uh, it's a very interesting case. It's everything about what Derek has been trying to pursue by making his, uh, you know, his congressman aware of that the, the proper product was never given. At this point, it looks like people just are turning a blind eye and don't want to see it, pretend it never happened and everything was legal and good. The problem is, is too many of us were destroyed. We're talking about probably thousands of us soldiers uh, and uh, other service members that were harmed in some way. Our career is definitely shot because of this. So there's going to have to be action. In this uh, lawsuit that I have here, uh, this court filing, um, you have the Watts estate. So this would be the father and mother of George Watts, who was a 24-year-old man uh, who experienced, uh, well, he, he experienced the mandate right after the 24th of August. He was not related to the military, okay? So when the military mandated, it was kind of key for other places like colleges to mandate the vaccine too. And so anyway, he's this man wasn't in the military or anything, but because his college uh, required the shot, he waited for the FDA approved product. And that's what's so key about the Secretary of Defense's memo. It was kind of like saying to the country, hey, we have the FDA approved product. OK, so anyway, he waited. He got his two doses, both doses. He got very sick and then he died suddenly after a second dose, this would be about September of 2021. The interesting thing about this case is uh, the parents actually had an autopsy done on him. And it came back with uh, vaccine-related myocarditis. And so they have all the paperwork from the coroner's office that shows on the autopsy that the young man died of vaccine-induced myocarditis. So he's one of these that died suddenly. And now they're looking to hold responsible uh, the Department of Defense for never logistically delivering on the product and uh, the FDA-approved product. So this, is, this case has a lot of eyes on it right now because it finally lists the person or the, the organization that's responsible for never delivering the product. Unfortunately for us in the military, it is the Department of Defense. And some of us knew this, that we were logistically uh, uh, responsible for the getting this to the country. And it's un unfortunate that we're here, but we're here now and we got to do the right thing. So Derek, would you mind uh, reacting to what I just said with this uh, lawsuit in, in your efforts that you've put in? Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, in all honesty, this lawsuit is, is one of, of thousands that will come 
if they have to they if, if they have to admit you know to the american people that they you know they didn't provide the vac this this is why they're so adamantly trying to hold off on admitting that they never provided this because it opens the floodgates of them being culpable and and responsible for you know potentially you know thousands hundreds of thousands millions of injuries you know not to mention the shady tactics that they use to coerce people into getting these things. And, and then that, that itself kind of opens up a bigger picture of, you know, why was this being done? You know, why was, why was the largest group of medical data, you know, they, they, they targeted us because all of our medical data is stored in the same place and they shoehorned it in by whatever shady, you know, bureaucratic stuff they could muster up, you know, and they could get us hyped up on fear and get us to be afraid and then they can pass all these laws that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to do and during that chaos you know they're usurping all this power that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to get you know they're basically dissolving all constitutional protections that we had during a you know quote-unquote epidemic and you start to think that maybe this wasn't so you know happenstance you know and and to that to me is you know, I, I can't really go down that rabbit hole too far because, you know, it's, it breaks my heart, you know, especially as someone who signed up to, to die for this country and, and, and to know that, you know, potentially it has been, you know, taken over by, you know, people that don't have the same values or they don't have the same allegiances as, as the average American. And, uh, you know, when you see ulterior motives, you know, kind of, shifting around and it, it just it just really breaks my heart to know that the the greatest country in the world is just susceptible to you know basically inside and, and i guess to me it it highlights why they included you know foreign and domestic in, in into our oath because you know this is if it is you know if all this was you know intentionally you know constructed there's a there's a lot of uh there's a lot that needs to be fixed this is what i'm gonna say and uh, yeah you couldn't you know, say it any better derek you know it's, it's funny it's just heartbreaking you know and at the end of the day you know i'm mad i'm angry and, I, and i'm 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 adamant you know i'm not gonna stop i'm not gonna fold at all you know this is a this is a fight worth fighting but at the same time, it's, it's heartbreaking that so many of us are fighting it alone, you know, and, and to have all of these people walk around every day and pretend to support the troops and, and to pretend to love freedom and, and whatever. This is institutional corruption on a level that's almost immeasurable, you know, and <laughs> like, how, how is how is this happening to us? You know, what, what do we kick our feet up for so long that, you know, in, in comfort and, and get lazy? and complacent and just allow these, this rot to infect our house, you know, like I don't understand how this level of corruption has infiltrated so deeply into our country. And that's, and it's, that's it's, a very it's good point. Me. Derek, you make a very good point. <clears throat> See, there was not just us that stood up um, for our rights against the, the fake mandate or the, the illegal product. It's also the people that followed 
that had to do with these administrative actions against us. And a lot of these people didn't like doing that. They knew it was wrong. And this is why you're seeing people, they get their 20 and they get out immediately. They don't hang on. You're seeing a, uh, you know, like the dam is broke here and people are exiting as fast as they can because they can't stand, uh, like Derek has said, it's almost institutionalized corruption at this point that you can't get uh, the organization to follow the law. There was never a lawful product. It's also built in socially in a way to where all these people who got duped, you know, if you're going to if you're going to convince a person that they got tricked, you better be ready for them to fight you tooth and nail the entire time. You know, so to get all of these millions of people who drank the Kool-Aid, who who could have just with an ounce of resistance at the time could have prevented all of this, you know, but they socially were afraid to not, you know, to be ostracized by their pretentious friends who pretended to know the science and stuff like that. Like that fear, that social fear silences people in small conversations that lead to entire, you know, belief systems, you know, like if, if we can't even have these conversations about, you know, about where this even started, you know, the conversation about the origins of COVID has never even been openly discussed and agreed upon by society. Yet we've allowed them to, you know, just just keep taking and keep taking and keep eroding and stuff like that. And that's the thing with this erosion is it takes away, but it never gives back. And it's constantly this this subtle erosion over the last, you know, several decades, you know, it, it's coming to roost and, and you know. It, it's it's hitting at all angles, unfortunately, and we've got a lot of work to do. But, you know, cleaning our own house, we have no moral authority across the world if we can't even, you know, clean our own house. So if, if we're going to sit here and pretend to be, you know, Team America, World Police, you know, we better we better get our, our own affairs in order and, and realize, you know, where, where the motives, you know, driving this country are coming from, you know. And, and I think with the internet, you know, a lot of people are waking up to it. It's not so, you know, taboo to be called a conspiracy theorist anymore, because that just means you get your news a month ahead of everybody else. So people are kind of waking up to the shell game that that this government's kind of, you know, running on its people. And they're not they're not falling for the the tricks anymore. You know, for the most part, the average American's waking up and and coming together instead of being divided by, you know, the puppeteers ahead of us. And I, I have hope, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a hopeful pessimist. I like to say, like, I, I see the reality of the world and stuff like that, but I still have hope that the average American will see the truth and, and, and wake up to this, you know, and kind of start really, you know, questioning their politicians and, and questioning people, you know, government in general, you know, yeah, well, Derek, um, I find myself very similar to you, a hopeful pessimist. But, you know, one thing that is very hopeful, I'm tracking three different uh, cases that have been filed for the vaccine injured. And yes, you and I have been hurt for, you know, standing up for the law. But there's also the vaccine injured who can't really get help. A lot of them. A lot of them yeah. get the runaround in the medical system and in the military. They can't be truthful about where their injury came from. And this is a large group. It's uh, if I had to put a number on it, it is seven to 10 percent have some type of injury after getting these uh, bad poison shots. 
and uh, they're running around in isolation. Uh, they can't get help. They can't better themselves. And everybody calls them crazies. So there's three different lawsuits that I'm tracking that have been filed on a large scale uh, for vaccine injured people. And it's going to be very interesting to see how these play out now that they're starting to come forward in light of a case like this Watts versus the DOD. Uh, the truth is definitely coming to life now. It's becoming more and more of a reality. And uh, I don't think our Congress uh, men are going to be able to escape this uh, for too much longer because we're seeing it in missing em employees. Everybody's short of employees. Where are they all? I, I beg to offer, there's a good percentage that are home disabled now because of these shots. I mean, not all of them, but I say there's a good percentage that are probably disabled now with all the neurological problems, heart strokes, not being able to use a certain side of your body. Well, you uh, heard of so, the Jamie Foxx controversy, right? Yeah, Der go ahead, Derek. Won't you tell? Uh, won't you tell the audience about that? Well, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not ahead. too too informed on it, but as far as I'm tracking, you know, it just recently came out that he's been kind of hiding the fact that he he himself is vaccine injured and stuff like that. So, it, if you get a lot of these high profile cases, you know, where it's hard to to hide these people. You know, then the average American notices and has an opinion on it. But for the most part, these stories of people just dying suddenly or, you know, being vaccine injured or whatever, they're easy to just push them down as conspiracy theories or anecdotal evidence, you know. But, you know, when it happens to high profile people, all of a sudden people care. Yeah, it definitely uh, is a good eye opener. And of course, we've seen a record number of uh, you know, uh, popular people, Hollywood types, uh, singer, uh, singer artists, uh, uh, you know, sports. We've seen it on the soccer fields of Europe, We've seen it in America, high school fields. We've seen a record number of people die suddenly or drop uh, suddenly. And uh, it's very it's it's to a point you can't play it off anymore, especially with these turbo cancers that are coming on. Uh, you know, you just can't avoid it. We are, we are missing people in certain parts of our society now. And the only thing we did different in 2021 onward is these experimental shots. And I highlight experimental shots, you know, and that's, uh, refreshing to see, uh, somebody like Derek, but thousands of others in the military, we made a stand on the law and because mostly because we're oath bound and we recognize our oaths to do the right thing against uh, enemies, foreign and domestic, you know, and yeah, protect my, them. I, didn't, I didn't stop fulfilling my oath when they kicked me out. You know what I'm saying? Hey. So that's that's what I'm doing here is, you know, my, my big my big the reason I'm fighting so hard for this is not only to, you know, right my own wrongs that have been done to me or whatever, but they're going to try this again. And this is our only opportunity to really hold their feet to the fire and make it publicly known, you know, the, the tricks that they tried to pull so that people can see it for what it is when it happens next time. And that's, that's really what I'm pushing. The one thing I, I would say to, to people in my position or even people who want to be advocates for us is to contact your congressman and have them on your behalf, contact the armed services committee. 
and, and have them inquire with official letterhead on your behalf as to why there was never an FDA approved product provided to us. And what that'll do is, is they've been able to ignore me for the last 11 months. But if, if we all can compile, you know, thousands of official letters written to them, they won't be able to deny it. And once they have to acknowledge it in open air, I mean, sunlight is the best disinfectant. This, this is the problem solves itself. The only reason they're able to get away with this is because the average American doesn't even know the fight that's happening. And they're able to just pretend like they're, you know, advocating on our behalves. But in reality, if, if, if we all had receipts as to, you know, Hey, that we've reached out to your office 10 times, never gotten a response that eventually will be undeniable, you know? And I think they're kind of relying on the fact that we're so scattered right now that we, we don't have like a, you know, vaccine. It's taboo to even talk about this. You know, I was just banned on the army subreddit for even bringing up the fact that Colonel Meredith, the guy who decided that I was undeserving of an honorable discharge, you know, he's now a convicted or I guess not convicted. He's charged with sex crimes and, and stuff like that. You know, he's, he's, he was, he was the deciding factor in whether or not I was honorable or not. So it, it to me is like, uh, I don't know. We need to we need to hold their feet to the flames by using the courts and the legal system against themselves. And not a lot of people are doing that. And we're definitely not doing it as a unified force. And I think if, if we were to do that and to come together, you know, and compile all of our stuff, because we're all just individual drops in the bucket right now. And we've been, I think, scattered, you know, on purpose. But if, if all of these stories are put together into one, you know, undeniable picture, I think it's going to be a lot harder for them to lie to the American people about what their values are and what they're trying to push. Yeah, you highlighted that really well, Derek, you know, um, that we all need to continue to push forward to fulfill our oaths. I find uh, your integrity, but your personal courage uh, it's just awesome. It's refreshing for me to even hear it as a senior officer, somebody uh, in the enlisted ranks to say, hey, I'm still pursuing this thing because it's right. And that's what the American soldier was about. You know, when they fo- followed the army values, warrior ethos, that's what we're about is doing what's right. And- yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a warrior by nature. Like, just because the, the United States Army or the United States military has a, a monopoly on violence, you know, and, and, and righteous, you know, that warrior spirit that's inside of all of us, you know, that doesn't mean that, that I only have that because of the military, you know, they just have a monopoly on it. That's the only place where I can embrace it. But now I have a different fight. You know, I, I wanted to fight alongside my, you know, my government for, for righteous causes and stuff like that. But now, unfortunately, it appears that I'm going to fight for the American people against my government. And, you know, it sucks that it has to be that way, but that's really who I was serving to begin with. Well, the, the uh, hypocrisy, like you said, is very thick here. And I want to highlight for the audience out there, there's nothing more worse or bad than to be an unvaccinated person with the COVID-19 shot. I mean, you're the lowest of low. I don't know how I can highlight this any deeper. Like you, you, that Colonel he mentioned most likely will get an honorable discharge. We don't know this. This is not 
fact yet, but there's a high chance I've seen cases like this before that they get honorable discharges, not a general discharge like Derek. Okay. So, I mean, I can't highlight enough for the audience impress upon you that the lowest of the low, and it's okay to discriminate against the unvaxxed. Yeah. Derek, do you have any reactions to that? Oh, it was, it was completely true. I mean, within, within reason, you know, my leadership was, was pretty respectful for me because I was able to articulate how I thought about it or whatever, but, but, you know, base wide, you know, we would stand in separate formations, you know, like we would, we were, we were kind of treated as like lepers, you know, we were, we would, they would intentionally uh, make us come in on like Monday mornings to do like 4.30 AM or 5.30 AM COVID tests, knowing that, you know, they didn't care about the results of the tests. It was just to grind us down. You know, they would, they would use, you know, coercive things like that to like, you know, Oh, extra duties are coming down COVID guys, put them on it. You know, like anything that they could do to make your life suck to get you to voluntarily air quotes, take uh you know, take the vaccine that way they could, they could always say it was voluntary, but at the end of the day, like you're still treated as an other, you know, and which is, you know, I guess it's pretty rough when you're, you know, when so much of your, your team operates, you know, as a team. Yeah. Right. Good point. Uh, so we're getting close to the end of the show. I want to give you a couple minutes of uh, closing thoughts, but before I do that, Derek, uh, for the audience here, I want them to know this and I, and it fits me too. And it fits thousands of others. Okay. So Derek says, uh, this doesn't leave me with much assurance to see that my uh, only options for representation have little or no desire to do so. This entire process has destroyed me mentally and spiritually. It is truly soul crushing. Uh, So I would like the audience to know that this is how we feel. We have been essentially sent out of uh, civilization or the Department of Defense and in a lot of ways, society as lepers. And it's really hard to come back from. And it's going to need a great intervention. Uh, So Derek, go ahead. Take a couple minutes and react to that if you don't mind. Yeah, um, really... Yeah, as I kind of said before, it's it's really just kind of demoralizing to see so much grandstanding on our behalf, to see so many people try to pretend to be the the tip of the spear on this, uh, when in reality they're just they're just trying to curry favor from their constituents, you know, because they've got future political aspirations or whatever. But you know, if they were really trying to be advocates, they'd be they'd be rocking boats and you know, you know, ruffling feathers and stuff like that, but unfortunately in in today's world you know it's the game is so calculated you know you can't you can't do what's right you have to do what's you know profitable and most of these politicians are are being spoon-fed you know from that from that table and and there's not a lot of hard hitters man and we separated our, our scholars from our warriors and and most of our warriors are too dumb to see what's happening and most of our scholars are too much of a coward to to care and and in all honesty we need to we as a society need to be better and and be better at policing ourselves and and you know be strong enough to fight against corruption but also smart enough to not always just use 
use a hammer to solve everything. And unfortunately, you know, we as a culture have become complacent and, and we've allowed our, our success, you know, to, to, to put a blindfold over our eyes and, and stop realizing that the rest of the world is fighting every day to take us out of that number one spot. And uh, with the way that things have been going in the last few years, they might not have to work too hard to do it because we're, we seem to be doing the job for them. And wow. uh, you know, that's that, very cool. That's very they, they, knew, they knew they couldn't take down the greatest nation in the world in history by force. So all they had to do is trick us to do it for, you know, trick us into doing it for them. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the fight we're fighting right now. You know, we all need to, we need to come together and realize that the vast majority of the, the separation that's, that we see between us is, is constructed by people that benefit from that, you know, fog of war. They don't want us to come together and see the, you know, that there's people pulling strings that don't necessarily have our, our, our best interests in mind. And thank you, Derek. I appreciate that. The fog of war is a good way to wrap this up. It's truly a major fog of war that's been allowed to to come into the open lands, the flatlands, so we can't see each other, and it's very isolating. So for the audience out there, we want to say thanks to our donors. Sign up to give a donation as your donations are used wisely. They're used to uh, fight for your finest America's finest, which is the military and other personnel standing up for the constitutional rights in other places across the country. Go to www.truthforhealth.org. Again, that's www.truthforhealth.org. Join our crusade. We are silent no more. Sign up for our email alerts and check out all our resources that we provide uh, for medical advice to ministry help and constitutional rights information. This is Major Mike Gary signing off. This is Dr. Lee for America wrapping up today's Whistleblower Report. Tune in every day, Monday through Friday, on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, 12 noon Eastern and 12 midnight Eastern time, and share our messages with your friends and network. Sign up for our email alerts and our programs at www.truthforhealth.org and join us every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. for our virtual community seeking faith over fear and bringing you topics across all areas that affect us today from medicine, ministry, law, the environment, and ways that you can develop your health and resiliency for all that we face in the chaos. Our message is control the controllables and be prepared. Be prepared and strengthened to stand against tyranny, to reclaim your freedom, and to stand for God's truth and medical truth as our founders envisioned for this constitutional republic, one nation under God with liberty and justice for all of its people. God bless you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you back again tomorrow for the next Whistleblower Report from Truth for Health Foundation.